Welcome to Off the Cuff with Congressman Jared Huffman. As a representative for California's 2nd Congressional District, Off the Cuff is my opportunity to talk with you about important issues and to introduce you to interesting people from the 2nd District and beyond. It's unfiltered, it's direct, and it's honest. It's Off the Cuff with me, Congressman Jared Huffman. Welcome back to Off the Cuff. This week we're going to talk about one of the hottest topics in Washington and, frankly, in our country, the issue of immigration, and more specifically, what we can do to help the roughly 800,000 dreamers in this country. These are young people who came into this country as children. In many cases don't know any other country, and in some cases don't know any other language. Currently, Democrats and Republicans are working on a response to something Donald Trump did recently when he announced that he intended to rescind the DACA program that protects these dreamers, putting hundreds of thousands of these young people at risk of deportation. And I could not have a better guest to have uh, for this conversation. It's my colleague Luis Gutierrez of Chicago. He is the leader on immigration issues in the United States Congress, certainly among House Democrats and, and really anywhere in the Congress. Also joined for this uh, conversation by uh, someone in the second district back home, Joanna Simonini of the Canal Alliance. I have appreciated working with Canal Alliance over the years in San Rafael. They do terrific work on behalf of the immigrant community, focusing on educating, empowering, and supporting immigrants through family resources, uh, English classes, college prep, and a whole lot more. So without further ado, let's dive in. I think moving forward, uh, we have a budget. The budget's good through the 9th of December. Now, in the past, we have said if Planned Parenthood isn't in that budget intact, then you are proposing a Republican budget with Republican values and Republican ideals, then you should find 218 Republican votes to adopt that Republican budget. I think that's fair. They are the majority. But... If they want a bipartisan budget, they want a budget that shares the ideals of Democrats and Republicans and therefore is a reflection of the values of America versus a political party, and you want my vote in the Democratic caucus, then it's got to be an American budget. It's got to be a bipartisan budget, and it has to include, I like to put, keep it simple, 800,000 visas for the DREAMers. Now, it's not technically correct. We want a DREAM Act that will allow them to come out of the shadows for once and forever, uh, join us and integrate themselves completely as permanent residents and eventually as citizens of the United States. Many of them are out of the shadows, right? Yeah, they are. We don't but want them to go back in. We don't want them to have to. And we don't want them to ever have to fear going back that, that you know, some capricious president could decide, well, you know, it's up till today that you get to stay out. So because I think we should understand that there are a significant number of dreamers that haven't already registered with the government once, twice, but three times. That means they've paid the $500, their fingerprints have been checked, and all to get a work permit and contributing greatly to our economy, hundreds of billions of dollars. So let's stop that. Let's let them register one more time with the government and when they're ready to become citizens, which I know they are dying to become citizens yeah. of the United States, because in essence, 
they're not much different than your kids than mine. Yeah. And if you hear them. My kids the, go to school with dreams. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. and the music they listen to. I'm just thinking of culturally, right, uh, where they're at. But more important than just culturally, um, where are they at patriotically? I mean, we're talking a lot about the flag, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? The American flag is the only flag that they've pledged the allegiance to. Uh, and it's the American flag that they've stood up for. So we've got a lot of anti-immigrant rhetoric uh, in Congress and in this country right now. What is your sense of how that rhetoric, some of it coming from this administration, um, has affected the immigrant community? Well, it's made them even more fearful. I think we ought to understand. They say, well, you know, there's always this criminality element uh, that, that permeates our conversation about immigration. Well, let's remember that 98% of the workforce in the United States of America is legal. <laughs> that means they are registered with the government and legally working uh, in the United States of America. Do we have to deal with the other 2%? Absolutely. We want to bring them out of the shadow. We want to incorporate them. We don't want two levels of, of work standards and work safety. And we don't want one part of American workforce competing and hurting and lowering the wages against another because you have unscrupulous employers who are going to say, well, I'll use those undocumented and therefore I can lower the wages and, and the working conditions. So we want to end all of that, both for the workers that are Americans and for the workers who have come here to seek a better life. For all of humanity, it's good to have comprehensive immigration reform. But I would say, look, I want to say this the, the, today to the audience, think about it a moment. The Trump administration has said the border has never been more secure than right. it is today. They said that they've reduced by 80 percent. And you know what? A lot of things they exaggerate. That's one thing that is factually true, that the border's never been more secure than it is today. So if that's true, why do we have to build a wall <laughs> when it's working, number mm -hmm. one? And number two, think a moment. There are analysts who have evaluated that there's basically the number of people returning to Mexico with the number of people coming, it's zero. So it's a wash. So if that's true, that means that every week tens of thousands of people arrive in the United States legally, right? Not through that border, but the border that's called LAX and Chicago O'Hare and Kennedy Airport in New York. They're going to overstay their visas. Right. We don't but talk nobody, so much But nobody's about talking that. about yeah. them. So if you're sincere... If, you have, mm -hmm. if you're sincerely for security, shouldn't we be talking about all of the ports of entry and exit in the United States? Right. But no, we only talk about one port, the yeah. southern border, because it's, it's, it's a border that creates, how would I say, ethnic and racial angst and animosity. And I think that's really sad. Well, and a lot of people have been stirring that up and feeding it uh, in recent years. So uh, changing subjects a little bit, Luis, I was with Leader Pelosi in San Francisco Good. a few days back at the rally that made national news mm -hmm. because uh, some folks took it over and, and shouted us down. And, and these were um, many of them from the immigrant community. They did not want us to pass the DREAM Act to do something on DACA unless and until we address all 11 million undocumented um, immigrants in the country. Uh, they wanted all or nothing. In fact, that was their chant, all of us or none of us. Well, um, what can we say 
Well, here's to them. Let me, let me put it and let to me, others let me who feel that it way. in a little bit of historical context. Yeah. So, um, I want to get it right. Eight years ago, they would have been at my office protesting, saying, "Why are you for comprehensive immigration reform, Congressman? When we know we can get the Dream Act passed today, but you keep including the Dream Act in your comprehensive immigration reform." We didn't do anything wrong. We're smart. Uh, we're industrious. We speak English. American people love us. Mm -hmm. Pass the Dream Act, and then pass the rest of comprehensive immigration reform. So it's a little, it's a little ironic, yeah. right? As as you look at history, um, do you think most people in the immigrant community agree that if we have an opportunity? To do a bipartisan Dream Act, even with this president, we should take it. We while, should do we while should, we keep we working on we the bigger picture. It. And here's and here's so I wanted to put it in some context. Mm -hmm. so I understand when they come, and they protest. I do understand. I may not accept it, but I understand it. But today, okay, think one moment. I want your radio audience to think: if we cannot protect the dreamers, they are the most beloved. They're already registered with the government. They have overwhelming support across political, ethnic, social spheres of our society. If we can't protect them from the knock at their door of an immigration agent and mm -hmm. their deportation with, and we say it in Spanish, it's like, con que cara, right? With what face, right? Do I look someone in the, in the face and say, oh, by the way, don't worry, I'm going to protect your mom and your dad. Right. We can't protect these youth that are so beloved, and we can't stop their deportation and the taking away, because it's the one victory yeah. we were able to achieve, the, the biggest victory we were able to achieve, then I don't think we have a lot of credibility when it comes to saying they're coming after their moms and their dads. So first, let's get 800,000, because here's how I see them. I see 800,000 young people are vanguard. Right. You know, they're they're registered again with the government. They got green cards. Guess what? In a few years after when they become citizens, they can now uh, go for their parents. And because yeah. that's where immigration system. Works. So that's say, a, that's I'm a gonna, point, I'm though, for my mom should, and dad. We should clarify because we have Republican colleagues who are proposing uh, variations of the Dream Act that would prohibit um Dreamers, once they become citizens, from sponsoring their parents to be citizens. That's a no-go as far as I think. Concerned. I think we have to be very clear. This is what our demand is. It's not yeah. like an ask. It's a demand that we make. Now, listen, I say to my Republican colleagues, if you want, by December 9th, I want to keep the government open. Most of, you, most of them do want to keep the government open and, and, and funded. Guess what? propose an American budget with ideals and principles that reflect the values of Americans across uh, political parties. And Luis Gutierrez is going to energetically vote for that. If not, I say Democrats have to stand by their principles, too. And they have to say, that's not a budget. You know what? It's something we've done in the past. When it comes to LGBTQ rights, it's something we've done in the past when it comes to women's reproductive rights. We stand as Democrats uh, on our principles. When a core and value I, is invoked, and, and I And I think, yeah. and I, I think. This should be a core I, I value. I believe, I don't say I think, I believe. I believe I know with this you. is one of them. I believe with you, Luis. So, you. Um, look, you're willing to compromise because yes. here you are, uh, ready to work with Republicans on 
the DACA piece yes. of the 11 million undocumented immigrants in this country while we agree to keep working separately on, on the rest of it. Um, what do you say to people who are worried about us making a devil's bargain with Donald Trump or with Republicans? Yeah. Uh, I have, for example, within my district, offered assurances that I'm not going to support a border wall sure. and I'm not going to support a deportation Thank force. You. But if we can talk about some, right. offer some some technical changes at right. the border that Republicans right. can call better security sure. or you know whatever they need if, if they I can, can if they can it. make it a political victory for them while it does not impact uh, the daily lives of the people that live in our communities and that does not uh, incur an additional deportation I think you know we can talk with them um, but at the same time um, let's just say one thing right now I don't tend to like to negotiate against myself. So I like to say to the Republicans, here's what I want, yeah. right? I want a budget that includes the DREAM Act. You can incorporate it in the budget. Let me know what you need versus saying I'm ready to accept something from you. I don't know what I'm ready to yeah. accept. There might be lots of different avenues that you and I, Congressman, can take, right, yeah. uh, moving forward. Well, you're but a let good me just negotiator say, in that. But way. let me, but no, but it's simple. So people say, oh, you Democrats, you're not for border security. Well, you know, that's the biggest lie ever. We beefed it, it up consistently under the Obama 20, administration. Under Obama administration. Year after year. Wait, 2013, when the Senate sent over to the House, and we never took a look at it, comprehensive immigration, 69 senators, Republicans. Yeah. What was the last amendment they added? $40 billion in additional. Did Luis, did you, did I, did any, did we say, oh, no, that's a no-go? Right. We said, okay. Can you give us a vote? So even when you give them all of the things they want, they still say no. Well, You've for some of them, the, the politics of saying is, yes, is, uh, you know, they may never be able to say sure. yes. But I sure. think some of them are ready. So No, and, yeah. and you know what? What a great point you're making. Because so today we could adopt the, the DREAM Act clean because Republicans and Democrats, but they will try to avoid a vote on an up-and-down vote right. on the DREAM Act because they know there are, okay, I'm going to say 60 to 70 Republicans that would vote for the DREAM Act. You're yes. talking about Paul Ryan, the guy uh, who the, loves to he, say he's for the DREAM Act, all but of I the just, time. the guy who's in a position to give us a vote to and give help us, a us vote. pass, but and he won't do it. That, Paul Ryan stood with me in April of 2013 in Chicago, right? Yes. Luis Gutierrez at one lectern. He was at the other. We spoke to the city club. Uh, in the city of Chicago, and we stood up for comprehensive immigration reform with a pathway to citizenship. Paul Ryan, in 2004, I had a bill, comprehensive immigration bill, with Jeff Flake. He's now Senator Flake. And it was Kennedy, McCain, and Jeff and Gutierrez mm -hmm. in the House. Okay, bipartisan, bicameral. Guess who a sponsor of the bill was? Paul Ryan. Uh -huh. So, look, they all we want you to do is walk the talk, Walk right? The talk. That's and, right? And get it done. Thank you so much. Absolutely. For I know me. I'm about to lose you, but yes. let me let me ask one last question. How many times have you been arrested? Probably six or seven. Probably six or seven. It's it's. How many times this year? Uh, well, this year twice. I've been detained once, <laughs> but twice. But you know what? You gotta. Do you like keep your toothbrush spot. with you at all yeah, times? Yeah, you gotta Just... keep a spotlight on it. Somebody has to turn the spot like keep it on show the injustice keep the conversation the dialogue going and if i see it's dying down i know that by my presence you know together with espayat 
and um, Congressman Grijalva. And I, I would hope that more. A lot of people said, how many times have I? Well, the last time I had 11 colleagues of mine, including John Lewis, All right. getting arrested. I haven't yet me. been arrested. But does, that, does that make me a lightweight? Will no, you still work you know with what? me? You know what? I'm going to work with everybody. Everybody has to choose how it is they feel they can best help evolve the fight and the struggle for immigration reform. And, you know, I'm sure you're going to... I'm going to work feel, on getting when, you out on bail every well, time yeah, you're arrested. You I'll be your, there for when you. When you feel your oh. calling, I'm sure you're going to respond. I admire your thank passion you. and commitment you. to thank this you. and many, many other thanks issues in Congress. Thanks for inviting me, and thanks for being a champion. No, I think your public should know and your constituents. I'm so happy you're here in the Congress. Thank you. Thank you, Luis. All right. We're going to go now to our uh, local participant, Joanna Simonini of the Canal Alliance. Joanna, we've been talking uh, about the the Washington perspective on these issues. Uh, what do you think of the conversation that Luis Gutierrez and I were just having from the local perspective? Well, absolutely. So from the local perspective, let me tell you a little bit of what is going on in Marine County. Of course, we are, you know, as you uh, were mentioning, um, we are super for comprehensive immigration reform, but the community here in Marin County is really concerned about our DACA recipients and, you know, what is going to happen to them in the next six months. Uh, we have about 1,000 DACA recipients living in Marin County right now. We held a workshop last Saturday, uh, and we were able to help 24 people renew their application. We are still uh, doing DACA renews this week, and we'll continue to do them um, until, you know, next week, until about October 4th. There's a, there's a deadline it. coming up, right, for folks to re-register that may be exactly. expiring? That little window that was given between, you know, people who have their uh, DACA expiring between um, September 5th and March 5th of 2018, they can renew their DACA until October 5th. So it's a very small window, and so that's why we, we held a workshop last Saturday to try to help as many people as we can. Uh, we are actually expecting more people, um, but there are only 24 people who are eligible to renew. So, and, and this is out of about 1,000 people in Marin County. So we see how many people are not going to be able to renew. Uh, we've got Do you have access to all the data? You, you have access to everyone who's registered, and you can reach out to them proactively to make sure they're aware of these deadlines and knowing right. their rights? We, ha- we do not have data of everyone who, you know, of all these 1,000 people who, who we estimate are DACA recipients, but uh, we did a lot of outreach, um, and we, uh, we, are, we are pretty pretty sure we, we reached everyone who, who needed to be reached. The okay. problem is that some people just don't qualify for renewal because they do not fall between the, you know, the September 5th and the March 5th um, dates, expiration dates. Are some people afraid to uh, fill out any more paperwork with this administration? Right. So that is the other uh, factor that I think it, we're speculating, but we, we think there might be some people who decided not to renew because they're afraid to give their information once again to a government that, that they don't trust anymore. Uh, and they're they're not sure what's going to happen um, with their information in the future. Joanna, how do you think attitudes and and uh, the just the the uh, uh, state of mind has changed in the community since Donald Trump became president? 
Right. So um, it has changed a lot in terms, uh, you know, people are living in fear right now. People are very afraid. They're feeling very vulnerable uh, and exposed. The DASA kids specifically, they are feeling exposed. And I've spoken to a number of, of DACA recipients who feel extremely lost. They, I spoke to a kid who could not renew um, because he did not fall um, inside that window, that renewal window. And he, he was sharing with me how he, he wasn't sure what he was going to do, that the United States was everything he's ever known. And he did not remember anything about, you know, where he was from, and he did not know anyone in his country of origin, and he was, he was really lost. And there was um, a lot of fear in his words um, of, like, losing everything. And he told me, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to lose everything I have. That's all he's ever known, I'm sure. Exactly. It's, so it's really hard to not be able to help these kids. Um, because they simply do not fall within that little window of renewal. So Congressman Gutierrez and I were talking about this, the fact that people that stepped forward and registered under DACA did it so they could get a work permit, did it so that they could work and do productive things, go to college, Mm -hmm. uh, serve in the military. And these are are contributing uh, Americans in every sense. Absolutely. What would be the effect of us not working this out. President Trump has said that, you know, we've got roughly another five months, uh, five and a half months to to get this done, or he will end DACA. What would that mean if it actually happened? Well, the DACA recipients, our DACA recipients will not be able to work anymore. Once their work permits expire, um, they, they, they cannot work. Uh, you know, and this is... Uh, First and foremost, one of their greatest concerns. I, I, you know, they, they tell me that I have to work. I have to help my family, um, and I have to work to be able to to continue going to school. For example, that sometimes it's, uh, you know, a lot of the, the the kids go to school and work and support themselves on this. So this will be devastating um, for them. Uh, the other concern that they have, and uh, even though the administration has said that DACA recipients who, whose DACA expires will not be put in proceedings right away. They're not going to become enforcement priorities. Uh, people are afraid of that. So uh, these DACA recipients are really concerned that the administration has all of their information and might use it against them or to uh, put them in proceedings. So there is the inability to work and the fear that now you're vulnerable and you yeah. might be put in proceedings. That they, they've the, made themselves uh, targets. That's the fear. Exactly. Yeah. They feel like they're going to become car- targets once they're uh, in the system. Yeah. So uh, you heard the conversation between Congressman Gutierrez and me about doing something for DACA or the DREAM Act now. Uh, versus, you know, what many of us want, which is to do comprehensive immigration reform and address the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Do yes. you do you agree with uh, with us essentially that if we can do a DACA deal on acceptable terms now, uh, we should do it, or are you of the view that you know it is all of us or none of us? I want to see these DACA kids protected. Um, as much as I want to see, you know, immigration reform, comprehensive immigration reform, um, 
and this is my personal view, not necessarily Canal Alliance's mm -hmm. view, but I do think that passing some sort of DREAM Act will open some doors. Yeah, so he, the, Congressman Gutierrez called, called the DREAMers the vanguard and, exactly. you know, to help because us. Once uh, they have that protection, then we can talk about their parents, you know, and, and then we can move forward with, with uh, more help for our immigrant community. So... Yeah. So, um, Joanna, I know we want immigrants to know their rights right now. It's it's critically important. Uh, mm -hmm. What are the key rights that you think people listening to this podcast should know about? And what advice do you give to immigrants uh, to keep themselves and their families safe right now? Yes, Congressman, I, um, I am going to talk about um, their rights um, and what they can do to protect themselves. I want to just uh, highlight a couple um a couple of things Canal Alliance has been doing to help the community uh, since, since the election. Since our community became uh, feeling very vulnerable and uh, we've, uh, we've changed some, some things around. We've, we've actually hired a, a legal outreach coordinator and we've done a lot of, we've really increased our community education efforts. We've, uh, organized and reached about 1,300 people, and we've trained over 200 people uh, to be able to conduct trainings on Know Your Rights. So that's been very important. We've also developed, a, along with other organizations in Marin County, a rapid response hotline, and that's going to be launched really soon. There's another great agency in Marin County called Canal Welcome Center. They are the ones leading this effort of the hotline, and we are partnering with them. So uh, Canal Welcome Center and um, Canal Alliance will both have uh, information on the hotline uh, on our websites shortly. Uh, other than that, we've increased our own capacity at Canal. We've uh, secured funding to uh, start a mobile team uh, in Marin County, and the mobile team will be helping um, residents of Novato and West Marin, two regions that um, were poorly represented and poorly served before. Uh, we are located in San Rafael, and before, we, you know, the clients would have to come to San Rafael to uh, receive services. So now we're expanding that, and we're really excited about it. The team is going to start in October, so, you know. In a couple of days. <laughs> and, I, and I know that uh, the, the Marin Bar, uh, legal aid and pro bono attorneys in, in Marin County are really stepping up to partner with folks who need legal help. Exactly. That's my next, my next point. We are developing a pro bono network. And with the help of Marin Community Foundation, One Justice, and Legal Aid of Marin, we are uh, really de developing this, this network, and it's going to be not only about immigration, but housing, employment, health, mm -hmm. and, and, and you know, all kinds of help that our community might need. Uh, we are currently in the design phase, but we hope to have it ready before the end of the calendar year. Well, this is great stuff. And again, people in Marin County should check the Canal Alliance website for details in the coming days perhaps weeks, uh, to get the hotline number and other things. It's not just in Marin County where these resources are uh, being brought online. I know Sonoma County, for example, has one of their county councils is dedicated to the immigrant community and to working That's across right. a range of, of services and needs, and there are nonprofits there as well. And at my office, uh, even if you're 
uh, in uh, the North Coast, any part of my district, my district offices can be a resource for anyone who has questions about this. They should not hesitate to reach out to us, and we will get you connected uh, with folks who can help you. So with that, uh, Joanna, I want to thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you, Congressman. Thank everybody for listening. We will see you next time. All right. See you. Off the Cuff is produced by Marin's own Tales Untold Media. Our music is also local, provided by Temp Love. Don't miss out on future episodes of Off the Cuff. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Just search for Off the Cuff with Jared Huffman.